there's nothing more important than the presence of the king. You see, the presence of the king, we could call that presence, we could call it the anointing. We could call it the glory. You see, the presence of the Lord is an interrupter. The presence of the Lord is and is, if you allow it, will be an interrupter. Because it wants to interrupt sickness. You know, when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted. So when Jesus showed up on that day and he stood up and he read out of Isaiah 61 and he sat down and he said, today this is fulfilled in your ears. He was saying, the Messiah is here to interrupt darkness. The Messiah is here to interrupt the status quo. Sometimes we get comfortable with the status quo in our lives. Just, just don't, don't rock the boat. You know, just, just, I'm okay. Just, I just want everything to stay the way it is. But the anointing, I'm, I'm so grateful for the anointing showed up in my life because it interrupted my status quo. And sometimes we need our status quo interrupted. Because if you could have, if you could have taken your life farther and taken your life higher, you could have, you've already done it. See, the anointing, the presence of the, of the Lord is an interrupter. He comes into, when we worship the Lord and you know, there's nothing, there's nothing else like it on the earth. When you're with believers that are worshiping the living God. There's no atmosphere that is like that atmosphere. And when his presence comes in, it's to interrupt what's going on in your natural life. It's to awaken us to God realities. It's to make us God conscious. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us, it says, provoke one another unto love and to good works and don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together we need we you're going to need church in these last days and when I'm not talking about a building I'm talking about a people that will stand with you a people that will will, will fight with you a people that will that will 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 do war on your behalf people you know you know I was I'm you know the man that was that was sick paralytic I'm so grateful that he had four crazy friends <clears throat> sometimes you need four fanatic christians in your life that will take you. And when, when, it's, when it's the house is filled and no one can get in, and it says when Jesus taught, it said the presence of the Lord was there to heal, but no one was getting healed. Because it wasn't about 
See, there's a difference from being a participator and a spectator. You see, there was a room full of Pharisees and a room full of Christian people in a building and they were spectating just seeing what Jesus would do. Well, I'm going to see what that pastor does. Are they going to offend me? Are they going to upset my apple cart? What's going to happen here? And yet it was filled with people and no one was getting healed. The anointing was there. But yet it took someone tearing the roof off of a place and being lowered down. And it said, when Jesus saw their faith, you can see faith. You can see faith. And it said they were healed. Pharisees got all upset at this. But they looked at each other and said, we have seen strange things today. I think, I think if we're not seeing strange things in church, we might not be doing it right. <laughs> well, now I didn't say flaky things. I didn't say, I didn't say weird things in your flesh, weird things. I'm talking about things that you're not going to see anywhere else. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Father. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. You can't describe. You can't explain to someone. That doesn't or has never experienced it. A peace that passes understanding. Nothing like the presence of the Lord. Hmm. Holy Spirit, interrupt our status quo. Interrupt sickness, interrupt disease, interrupt fear. Thank you for joy. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're faithful. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord.
that you be refreshed tonight. Spiritual things. You know, and I've, I've been there. I, I, the Bible says the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. Why? Because, I mean, hey, I was there. I tried to figure it out. Why? That makes no sense. Well, because my natural mind can't receive because I'm trying to figure it out. And we don't lay, you don't, we don't lay hold of, you don't lay hold of God with your mind. It's not metaphysics. It's not some sort of, I'm trying to lay hold. No, it's this reality of, I believe that Jesus died for me. And I can't explain it. No one can talk me out of it. I, I could debate. I, I could have a debate right now with the leading atheist today and, and it, nothing would shake me. No one could talk me out of it because there's something that Paul says in Romans chapter eight. It says, when his spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God, my mind can't. My, my mind can't reason the fact that I would even be good enough to be a child of God. But yet, according to there's something here saying I'm his. There's something in me that he loves me. Hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated for a little bit. Don't, don't disconnect. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. He is an interrupter. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's never going to try to drag you. The Holy Spirit leads you. Thank you, Father. It was a question that I was thinking and I have several ones which are going to flow tonight and we'll just kind of see where things go. <clears throat> but there was this question as I was praying that just came up in my, in my spirit. And it was this. He goes, what happens when natural things lose their splendor? You know, I, I've going to make a point here in, in just a moment, but what do I mean by that? I, I've, uh, Annette and I, we've had the opportunity to see some amazing sights, amazing views, amazing sunsets. And, 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 and the first time you see it, it's captivating. It, it's amazing. You can't, there's no camera, there's no 4K, 8K type, whatever that can even capture the moment. It, it, it's just wonderful. And yet I've gone and I've seen some of those sites again. And they're great. But it wasn't quite like the first time. 
And a little more, you kind of take it, kind of take it for granted. I, I, growing up in Maryland, I, I live close to the beach. People don't know, we have great beaches in Maryland, by the way. I mean, and, uh, and it's like, Maryland has beaches? Yeah, we do. And, and so, groping on the ocean, it's kind of like that, you, you live close to the ocean, and then people say, oh man, you live, you live close to the beach? Yeah. Yeah, my, my grandfather, we uh, lived on the water and lived in a town called St. Michael's, and St. Michael's was a town that fooled the British, uh, and, and it, it was amazing things, made a lot of uh, history there, and, and um, they had all this property, and, and years ago, I mean, this is like probably in the, in the 50s, um, and they were like, my grandfather, the opportunity to buy shoreline, like acres and acres of shoreline property on the water for like $3,000. My grandfather's, my grandfather's thought was, who would want to live on the water? <laughs> a half an acre a lot, just a lot, you, not even a house, sells for $1.8 million. <laughs> because it was like you get kind of familiar with it. We can get familiar with church. We can get familiar with the presence of the Lord. We can get familiar. We can get familiar just with just everyday life. I mean, you can think about back to great times and reminisce about maybe music or times and things where, where your life was, it takes you back to a moment. Or, uh, you know, um, just different things that happen. And, but you know what? No matter how much you reminisce and think back or no matter how you might try to scroll on social, social media from one story to another story or one recipe to another recipe or one thing to another thing, no matter what you do, go back and think of things or, or, or how amazing this was or how great was that, I wish it was like this or I wish it was like that, there's nothing that's ever going to fill the void of God on the inside of us. There's no band-aid. There's nothing that we could do. There's no high that you can have. There's no drink. There's no party. There's no uh, club. There's nothing that could ever compare to what you can find in him or what you have in him. There's nothing compares to him. Amen. But yet we can yet use our splint, lose our splendor with him. And in Exodus 33, uh, you, you can turn to Exodus 34. Are you okay up there, guys? Nothing like the presence of the Lord. I mean, how many people believe Moses was a pretty awesome guy? I mean, Moses, he writes the first five books of the Bible. I mean, he... Pretty much, it talks, talks about seeing God pretty much face to face for the most part. Sees the glory of God. He, he sees a bush that's burning yet it's not being consumed. His childhood is miraculous. His adolescence is amazing. He's educated in, in the highest in Pharaoh's house and 
And what a, what a amazing history and life that he has and even the things that he got to see. He sees the, the, the 10 plagues. He's hearing God's voice and he's going to Pharaoh and he sees a, a pole in his hand and turns into a serpent and then his serpent eats the other serpents and turns back into a stick. He sees pretty amazing things, wouldn't you say? He's in the presence of God. God says, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. I love what Annette has taught on this and, and said, why was that so important? Because in, in their time as a shepherd, you would make your own shoes. So God was really telling Moses, where I'm taking you, nothing man-made is going to get you there. And it's the same thing for us. There's nothing man-made that's going to really totally cause you to experience ultimate fulfillment in your life. And yet, besides all that, in Exodus 33... He makes a statement and he says, show me your glory. Yet he'd seen God's glory. But yet in the King James says, I beseech you. This is begging. This is meaning, God, I can't go where you want me to go if you're not with me. I need your glory. Show me your glory. And let's pick this up in Exodus 34. Exodus 34. Verse 35, and this is God's response. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood. So Moses declared, show me your glory. Now we're seeing God manifest the answer to his prayer, his declaration. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord the Lord God, now get this, merciful and gracious. Now, when, when in Exodus 33, when he says, show me your glory, God says, hey, no man can see me and live, but he says, I'm going to put my hand over your face and because and, and, no one can see my face and live. He says, but, but I'll, pass, I'll put you in a cleft of a rock and I'll pass by you and you'll see my backside. So here we're seeing what was the, what did the presence of God, what did Moses really see? The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Now get this, keeping mercy for thousands, keeping mercy for thousands. This is what Moses saw. He saw love, mercy for thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing no, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and their children's children. Verse eight. So Moses made haste and bowed his head towards the earth, and he worshipped. I think that was a good time to worship, right? Then he said, if now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people. <clears throat> And pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. Your God's inheritance. Now look at verse 10. And he, said, and, he, and he said, behold, I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels 
Man. And he said, behold, I make a covenant. Now God's making a covenant. There's a lot of covenants. I don't have time to teach on covenants right now, but God made covenants. That means God made a promise. And so when God showed Moses his glory and this mercy passed by, he made a covenant. Behold, I make a covenant. Behold, all your people, I will do marvels. Say marvels. Such have not been done in all the earth. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me (laughs) dividing a Red Sea. They saw that in the earth, but you're going to do marvels that have not even happened in the earth. I believe the marvels he's referring to are the marvels that took place because Jesus died on the cross, because mercy died on the cross. I will do marvels such as not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all people among whom you, you are shall see the work of the Lord. Now get this, for it is an awesome thing. Say awesome thing. For I will do an awesome thing. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. With you. Hallelujah. Pastor Phil, you want to say anything? You're good? You're good? If you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's awesome. There's no question about that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. You know, as as we were meditating upon what the Lord was going to have us to to share, something just rose up in my spirit. And, you know, Jesus came to satisfy and to fulfill everything that pertained to life and godliness. Everything. There wasn't anything that he has not accomplished so that you and I can be an expression of his person through ourselves. He gave us everything. He gave us everything. Just want to read to you a couple of verses out of John, uh, out of John chapter number 17. He said, uh, Neither I pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one as... Thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. He said he gave them, gave them the glory. The glory was present to do what needed to be done as far as humanity was concerned. And go with me over to Acts real quick. I just want to show you one. Acts chapter number 5. I mean, what good is it if we have Jesus and we never let his light shine? We're not supposed to hide it. We're supposed to be the express image of his person. We're his body fitly framed for his use so that we can be a light to those that we come in contact with. 
And so in Acts chapter number 5, starting at uh, verse number 12, and it says, By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and the rest dressed no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, and they laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Why, why, what's so important about his shadow? The shadow is in the representation of the glory of God. The glory of God is something that it's not just in you, it resonates from you. There's an aura about you that all you have to do is just believe that he is with you and he'll just do anything for anybody. You can be in the supermarket and the, and the oral of God will, will rise up and your light will begin to shine in the presence of the glory of God. And listen, any place that the glory of God touch, it changes. It changes. The sick get healed. Well, let's, let's just see. It said that the, that the shadow of Peter, how many of you know he had the glory of God? How many of you know he also had a big mouth before he got filled with the Holy Ghost? How many of you know he was always sticking his foot in his mouth, doing something wrong, saying something wrong, acting on something that he didn't need to be acting on? He cut off Malchus's ear. Jesus turns around, picks up his ear, puts it back on his head, and it's just like it was there, had never been there, never been gone. The anointing, the aura of God that's in your life and in my life, Sometimes we take it for granted because we're Christians, we love the Lord, we feel the presence of the Lord, and, and, but we don't realize that we're powerhouses. You know, you're all called to preach. You're all called into the ministry. Oh, you may not stand behind a pulpit and preach. The other. How many of you know that the pulpit is the least amount that the pastor does? I'm telling you from experience of 41 years, I did more activity outside of the pulpit than I did inside the pulpit. So Peter was just an expression of the Lord and the Lord was using him. And they brought sick folk on couches, beds, everything, so that his shadow or that the glory of God, the aura of the Lord in his life could touch people. He couldn't get his hand on everybody. But his shadow passing by, the aura that was present in his life, was touching many people. And they got healed. That's the aura that's in you. To will and to do of his good pleasure. He's the one that gets all the glory, all the credit. You're not going to get any of the credit and all of the glory. You don't need it. You'll get puffed up in it. Just let him have all the glory. Amen? That transpires and takes place. I want to finish reading this. He says, And Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing, uh, bringing sick folks 
and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. Every one. Every one. That's the reason that we say when we come into the, to the church, I, I'm looking forward to the day that we don't have anybody sick here. That nobody is sick. Nobody has a headache. Nobody has a toenail problem. Everybody's healed. Why? Because we're in the anointing here. There's an anointing here. There's no reason why we cannot see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And we should see. Not only should we, we should expect it. It should not become something that's normal to us. And don't let us take it for granted. Listen, I've been to, how many of you have been to the Grand Canyon? First time I saw the Grand Canyon, I was in absolute awe. The magnificent majesty of who God is. First time I saw it, it was just awesome. Then I went and saw it the second time. It was still awesome. I saw it the third time. It was still there. (laughs) It's still a big hole in the earth. But it had beauty surrounding it. But it didn't have the same impact on me that it had when I first saw it. Whenever I went to the Golden Gate Bridge, crossed over it for the first time. What an awesome thing. Then I got to cross over it many times and just took it for granted. Just went from one side to the other side. Didn't pay any attention to that great wonder. And that's sometimes what we do with the presence of the Lord. He does something supernatural in our midst. Somebody gets healed, delivered, set free, gets born again, gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And it just becomes like status quo. It should never be status quo. When God moves, we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate. There was a man who went to a gentleman's church and he asked me to preach. And while I was there, there was a man during the service. He got up and he ran around the building screaming, yelling, and everything else. And I, I, I turned to the pastor. I said, Pastor, I said, this guy is really interrupting the service. And he said, Pastor Phil, you just don't understand what's happened to this man. He said, this man had been sentenced to be executed. He was in prison. And some supernatural happening took place, and he was released from prison, freed. He came to meet Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and realized that it was the glory of God that he had been underneath with people ministering to him and sharing with him and everything else that changed his life. He said the reason that he's running around is because he he can't stop thanking God for how awesome he's treated him in his life. We shouldn't get comfortable. Praise God. Hallelujah. The mercy of God. So the mercy of God. That's what the glory was when it showed up was the mercy of God. When Jesus showed up with the glory of God on him, it was the mercy of God. In John chapter 11, verse 40, he said, 
Didn't I tell you if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? Hallelujah. Nikki, did you want to share anything? Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. What Pastor Phil was saying about Jesus, he, he came and he finished everything to restore us to the original. And we know verses like Psalm 8, 5, where it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? It goes on to say, you crowned him with glory. Glory. That's what Jesus came to restore us to. That's what we've been restored to. We're not waiting on anything. That's who we are. That's what we have. And when you look up that word glory right there, that you crowned him with glory, it means a splendor that belongs to God, his creation, his kingdom, and to a man made in God's image. That's it. That's us, though. It's a splendor that belongs to us. And when you find that word written in scripture, you find it in places like Psalm 96.9. And let me just read it to you real quick. It says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Can you put that in the Passion Translation? It says, come worship the Lord God wearing the splendor of holiness. See, that already belongs to us. Psalm 29.2 in the Passion Translation says, worship him wearing the glory garments of your holy priestly calling. So when we come into church and we come into worship, there should not be one thing that holds us back. Because God's saying, come worship me in your holy priestly garments, in the splendor, beauty of holiness, because that's how he sees you. The problem is we don't always see ourselves that way. The problem is the devil's done a great job of convincing us we're less than what we are. What is man? You crowned him with glory. We're not waiting on anything. The glory's in you. The beauty of holiness is already in you. He's already done that work. And it's in you. And we have to let it out. We have to know who we are. It says in 1 Peter 2, 9, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you would show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When it talks about that word darkness, it's like cover. It's the same word in Luke that says, don't shine, don't put your light under a basket, don't cover it up. And so because the devil's done such a good job of convincing us we're not who God says we are, remember like he told Adam and Eve, they weren't enough. 
And they believed him. They thought they were missing out on something. That's us now. We're not missing anything. He's a liar. We have everything God's given us to restore us to original status. Glory. And we have to walk around knowing we are. Called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And not covering it up by shame, depression, lies, deceit. We have to walk around knowing we are walking in the beauty of holiness. What is man that you are mindful of him? Crowned with glory. Crowned with glory. Isaiah 60 tells us, arise, shine, for your light has come. Has come. We're not waiting on anything. I think about Peter and John. After they received the Holy Spirit, they knew they'd been changed. That couldn't happen. And we're talking about letting things become commonplace and common after you've seen it a few times. Please tell me, church, that's not how we're treating God in us. We can't act like that's nothing. Oh my, it's everything. It's everything every believer, every saint had gone before us was looking toward. And we have it. And now we're walking around like that's not enough. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. The deal is that it's in us and it's, and it's slightly covered by this flesh. And it's up to us. To let the glory out. To spend so much time in his presence that what's inside comes outside. (laughs) It's like popcorn. You take a kernel and you add a little bit of fire and a little bit of oil. And what happens? Pop. What's inside comes outside. And you get in the fire of God. And you let it do what it's supposed to do. And you get in the anointing of the Holy Ghost that Pastor is just talking about. The anointing Pastor Phil was just talking about. And all of a sudden, what's inside is going to come outside. And then you're going to be like Peter and John on their way to the temple. Talking about what just ha- I mean, I can only assume they were talking about what just happened. What, what God had said, what was going on. And, and the fact that Jesus had said, you'll do greater things, greater things. And then they got to a man who needed it. See, we can, we can go about knowing that we are the beauty of holiness, that we're crowned with glory. And when we go out those doors tonight, we can walk looking for opportunities Not for you, for God. The God in you. So that they know he's real. That's John 17. So that they will know that he came. That he's real. So I encourage you, look, get get in the presence of God. Get, spend time realizing who you are. What's in you. You're not lacking anything. You lack no good thing. No good thing. 
And then when that rises up on the inside of you, go to Walmart. (laughs) Head out your door and give God, take, seize opportunities. And just let God be God. Let the glory that's in you come out and let him manifest his love in miracles, signs and wonders. So they'll marvel. That's the weird. They'll marvel. That's the Bible word. They're going to marvel and wonder, who is this? Who is this? That's what they said of Jesus. Who is this? This is Nikki with God. That's who this is. Amen. Can you put up Colossians 1, 27? So the glory of God, the glory of the Lord. Moses cried out for it. And when it manifested, he called it mercy. The love of God. Colossians 127, it says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Go to the next verse. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. Now get this, that we may present every man. It doesn't say that God would present every man. It says that we may present every man Perfect in Christ Jesus. So the Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is the glory? To me, it's manifested mercy. It's the mercy of God in manifestation. If you go to the next verse, to this end I also labor, striving, meaning I'm doing the same thing. I'm striving according to what? His working which works in me mightily. Hallelujah. God wants to do a work in you and God wants to do a work through you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. In John 6, 35, Jesus says this, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. And I was thinking about the glory of God and, and just, just throughout, the, throughout the service and as we were praying in the back before we came out. Just conveying the mercy of God. Because when you're praying for someone, you're not praying for someone in your own ability, but you're releasing the mercy of God into their lives. You're releasing the love of God into their lives. You're not a healer. I'm not a healer. Jesus is the healer. What he did on the cross at Calvary 2,000 years ago, the stripes that were laid upon his back, 
that we would be healed. Jesus gave instructions. If we could call Jesus the glory of God, we could say the glory of God said. Go lay hands on the sick and see them recover. If we equate Jesus with the glory of God, I want to convey this story. It's one of my favorite stories. It's in Matthew chapter 8, stories of faith. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, it talks about a leprous man coming to Jesus. And it says that he comes to Jesus and he bows down and he worships him. And Jesus, he, he goes... He says, I, I know, he goes, Master, I know, Rabbi, I know you're, you're a teacher. Ma- Rabbi, I know, he goes, you can heal me. I don't know if you will. So he had faith in Jesus' ability. He had faith in the ability of mercy. He had faith in the ability of what God's love could do. But he says, I don't know if you will. And Jesus had one response and what did mercy say? What did glory say? I will. The word will there in Matthew chapter eight is a Greek word meaning thelo. And the word is actually where we would get our word desire. It'd also be where we would get our word wish. And actually, if you really translate this and the phrase and the figure that it gives in the Greek means this, it's what I like to do. So when Jesus responded, when mercy responded to the leprous man and Jesus said, I will, he was actually saying, it's what I like to do. It's not just, it's not, can you heal me? But no, Jesus is like, it's what I like to do. See, it's what mercy likes to do is to bring healing to the broken. It's, it's about taking things that are wrong and making them right. That's what the glory of God was sent to do. The glory of God came to set us free. The glory of God now came on the inside of us by way of the Holy Spirit to send us to Deliver other people. But as we close out tonight, I want to pray for anyone that's battling any sort of sickness. Because I believe the glory of God is here. Has been since we started in corporate prayer. And I believe the glory of God is in this place. That means the mercy of God is in this place. So if you need healing, I want you to come forward. Because I believe the spirit of glory wants to touch your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm free. I'm free because the sun sets me free. Hallelujah. I'm free because the sun has set me free. Hallelujah. I'm free because the sun sets me free. Every time a symptom rises up, every time what you're going through manifests again, you, you just declare in the midst of it, I am free because Jesus set me free. I'm free because the Son set me free. The symptom doesn't mean, that doesn't let you know that you're not healed. So you just say, the Son set me free. It happens again, well, the Son set me free. And I'm free because the sun set me free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Oh, Father, I declare for the anointing to break every yoke and remove every burden off every life. I thank you, Father, for the peace of God in their homes, the peace of God on their finances. I thank you, Father, for breakthroughs, Father, over their lives financially. I thank you for opening doors that no man can shut. I thank you, Father, for prospering everything they set their hand to. Lord, we decree and declare, Lord, that they're blessed coming in and they're blessed going out, that they're above only and they're not beneath. I thank you that you send good things to meet them. I thank you that you are perfecting that which concerns them. Hallelujah. In every area of their lives. I thank you, Father, that they're winning in every area of their life. I declare, Lord, that they're progressing, advancing, and they're going to see their highest expectation fulfilled now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And Father, we bring Tom Spencer before you, Lord, and we, we declare for the, all the bleeding to cease and desist, and we command that bleeding to stop. Hallelujah. We thank you for perfection and healing and wholeness, Lord, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, Father. Hallelujah. Release ministering spirits, angels, Lord, into his hospital room right now, Father, bringing life and bringing aid and bringing wisdom to the doctors. Thank you, Father, for your super coming on his natural right now, Father. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. We praise you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is in this place. Mm. Hallelujah. I believe we completed the assignment for tonight. How about you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm.